and the act is called Sheffield Wednesday Lose Again. Welcome to Different Gravy, not just another Sheffield Wednesday podcast. I'm one of the hosts, Richard Miller, and my co-host knows an opportunity knocking when he sees one. And that's why this week he has launched the product that the likes of Piers Morgan and Donald Trump Jr. have been clamoring for, the real Mr. Potato Head, now with a pipe and a range of different penises. What says take that woke people more than a plastic potato with a big willy? He's going to be rich, I tells you. Dr. Luke Ledall, how are you doing today, Luke? I'm good. I'm good. I'm just uh, just sitting back waiting for the monies to roll in. Well, with that in mind, you you have given me a little bit of content um, in, as, as the sponsor of this episode. So um, I'll just I'll just read that, get it out of the way. Get the spud with the pod at all good retailers today. Special deal for listeners of this podcast. Five pounds off and an exclusive Prince Albert attachment. Use the code MMGRAVY with seven M's. Don't use less or more because you will be charged extra. Oh, I do like potatoes. Who doesn't? Who doesn't? Well, you're going, you're going to be moving on to a potato diet, Luke. I am, yeah. I'm going to be doing that. It's going to be fun. <laughs> Oh, do we want to uh, do we want to get onto the news, or you, uh, do you have any uh, anything else you'd like to share, sort of at the top of the show here? No, let's let's crack on with it. Let's really get our teeth into it. Breaking hoo hoos. So breaking hoo hoos. Obviously, we had the we've got the match to cover um, the game away at Brentford. Uh, out of out of sorts and out of form, Brentford. Welcomed Wednesday. Uh, I just just before that though, I would like to cover the fact that uh, in the lead up to the game against Luton, the Sheffield Wednesday Instagram showed Atty New You scoring the winner there in 2019, mm. and uh, it was started. The move was started by a lovely pass out from the back from number twelve, playing sort of left sided centre back. And I was like, who was that? Who was that? Who was number twelve? I listened back with the commentary. It was uh, it was Judd Thornley. And I just, I thought, you know, in this day and age of us playing three at the back, it would be quite nice to have an option as a left-footed centre-back. But um, another another player that was um, shuffled out the door unceremoniously. Mm-hmm. But anyway, there you go. Just a kind of passing aside, um, a kind of jab at the club and the transfer policy. A, a shot to nothing, as it were. Um, but let's, let's get into uh, the match itself. Um, Dunkley dropped to the bench, Westwood out injured with cracked ribs, I think they called it. Yes, apparently he's broken his ribs, yes. Yeah, and and Patterson dropped as well. So Mm. we ended up um, with the front two that everybody has been clamouring for, uh, Rhodes and Kachunga. Uh, (laughs) What I mean, it was just an immediate kind of, you knew what sort of game we were probably headed for, sort of moment, wasn't it? Seeing that lineup, pretty much, pretty much. I, I didn't. I don't know. I made a note about this is Neil Thompson's improv restaurant, different day, newish old shit. <laughs> 
you know, much like Sheffield Wednesday is having a few image issues, it doesn't really manage to kind of market itself very well. So, you know, that's going to have some issues. And it just it just feels like we're always going to we're always going to have to keep try some, trying something. If we try something and it works, it won't work the second time. So we're going to have to try something new again. Yeah. I know what you mean. Yeah. Because r- rarely has picking the same side twice in a row been rewarded uh, with, with, yes. uh, with yeah. performances twice in a row. Uh, so, yeah, it's reinventing the wheel again and again. Um, There's an argument then to just play continual new lineups every time or to keep trying options that don't work. Like, I'm getting so desperate. Like, I would genuinely think... I mean, you've joked about Jordan Rhodes. Um, yeah. But sometimes there's been games where Jordan Rhodes hasn't been there and you thought that Jordan Rhodes really would be the option. Yeah, yeah. So, you know, I can almost make an argument for any number of starting starting lineup. I like the look of Kachunga. I, you know, he's he's got a bit of... He's got many things in his toolbox. He kind of reminds me of a spry kind of Marcus Tugge in a certain sense. Yeah, I kind of get that impression. Rhodes' overall play is pretty bad, but you know he does still have that knack in those positions when we get him there. So I, I think there's something to say for that. I, I mm-hmm. still kind of clamor around the concept, which I can completely abandon and think is kind of horseshit. But maybe there's a little bit of you that thinks, you know, maybe if we gave him enough games, if we gave him enough games, we would see more goals. <laughs> Whether it'd be good enough to tune to you know, have him play 40 games a season and see what comes out of him. But it just it depends on the situation, depends who we're playing, and depends what Jordan Rhodes turns up. There's a whole number of issues there. Yeah. Patterson, well, actually, Patterson, I think, should always play. I, I, I never don't want to see Patterson on the pitch in that front, too. The interesting thing then is, um, I, I mean, to kind of bridge, we can get on to today's game a bit later. In terms of starting lineup, for a two on paper, I think it really has to be Patterson and Windass on paper. But mm. I really want to stress the term on paper, italicize, bold, and underline, and maybe put it in <laughs> font font size twenty four, amid a line that you know the rest of the font size was uh, was font size ten. Just to really <laughs> stress the point on paper, because um, we can get onto this. But a lot of the time this season, one of my eternal disappointment. What no. no one of my disappointments of the season, sorry, has been Josh Windus. Josh Windus has disappointed me on a number of occasions. But I mean, I like in the terms of his... scope of it being an eternal disappointment. <laughs> That's quite um, exactly. It's it's a bit like it's a bit like I'm a vampire, and it's just something I have to live with. Oh dear. Well, what's his deal? Does he steal the blood of people? No, he lives with the eternal haunting of Josh Windass miffing him. <laughs> Never quite raising himself above a 6.25 out of 10. <laughs> people come to my Transfo- Transylvanian mansion and they just see me uh, waltzing around with a laptop where I'm just constantly looking at the who's, who's, who, is who scored ratings just with a tear in my eye. <laughs> oh, but I mean, so post-match, Thompson said we started brightly. I, I suppose if you're being generous, <laughs> that is the bit of the match that was bright for us, relatively. Mm. 
Actually, but, on, my, on my lunch break, I only managed to catch the first the first half of this game because it was a pretty long day for me that day. So, Richard Miller, on this different gravy beach, I am sure that I'll look down on the beach and see that there's only one pair of footprints, and that was from when you were carrying me. And, uh, in this episode and the previous 83 episodes of Different Gravy, Richard Miller, take us away. Uh, well, I mean... <sighs> I thought that I did think that was a very generous take from Thompson to say that we started brightly. Um, I think mm. looking at who scored, there is, you know, they've got these little kind of like bar graph type things for the overall rating of the team or the average rating of the team. And there was, there was out of the, out of the, I don't know how many there are to be honest, that there's, but out of all of those, two of them are in favor of Sheffield Wednesday and they are pretty much from the start of the game. Everything else, though, is Brentford. And it was it was pretty one-sided all the way through. I thought we had defended fairly well, but the the goal was just full of familiar traits. A sort of scrappy, horrible effort after a long throw. It bobbled off three or four players and then kind of fell at the feet of one of their players who hit a shot that was probably going about three, four feet wide, but it bounced off the face of another player and went into the top corner. I mean, it did look for the header like a very inventive flick on, but I, I don't know whether there's a lens that, you know, which is interesting because we're looking at Brentford, you know, a team who are kind of authors of having a playing model that works in new inventive ways. But did you just mm. find it interesting? I mean, there's this instance and there's one instance that we can come to later of a different nature where it's not inventive at all. It it was of some real pinball wizardry, really, because it yeah. basically just cannoned off everyone and kind of get in. And it was impeccably fortuitous, I must say. Yeah, and I, I suppose I think it sort of speaks to this lack of leadership we have at the back. I think particularly when Dunkley's not there, there's nobody who's claiming the ball in that situation nobody that's like charging through players to 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 clear up situations they're all sort of nice chaps and they sort of very mannerly in the way that they just watched the ball bubble around and then watched Brentford score their goal you um, know what's got a nice chap rich <laughs> it's my new potatoes code mm, gravy sign up today folks <laughs> Exactly. Canos um, got the assist, and then one of our few bright moments was put to bed by him cynically hacking down uh, Harris. That mm-hmm. is a uh, there's a callback to that later in the match, um, like like a sort of hokey stand up show. Um, they they were laying the seed for things that might happen later. Um, and but nothing much cha- you know second half we came out nothing much changed uh, it it was it was it was pretty much all them all the way through um we we brought on Delhi Bashiru to to sort of start making a a bit more of an effort to own that midfield and i actually thought he'd started pretty brightly i know we generally like uh, fdb um, so maybe we're a little bit biased, but I, I was enjoying some of his work. Um, and then about sort of, he'd been on the pitch 15 minutes or so, turned his man, showed a bit of strength, a bit of pace. And 
was was taken out really by by their by their player um it, who was yellow carded for it Dalsgaard was was yellow carded for the tackle but it it's just a real shame that that sort of cameo was was cut short um and, and any sort of route we had back into the game was then sort of out yeah so it just it was a shame with Delhi Bashiru that he's maybe had two sort of brighter moments in poor performances recently and now we've we've lost him for a, a longer spell and uh you know he'd been the forgotten man for pretty much all of Thompson's time and uh Pulis's time in charge uh he just seemed to sort of worked a, a little corner of a space into the team and uh and then it's snuffed out unfortunately um so yeah Brentford started off they had a good chance early on in the second half um that they, the striker just seemed to overthink his shot and put it wide when he had lots of options that would have resulted in a goal. And I think our performance was sort of summed up by a moment where their keeper hit a poor clearance straight to Palmer, who took it down really well and then passed it immediately back to him. 60, 70 yards, just punted the ball straight back to their goalie so he could have another go. Quite frustrating. Um, the second goal came when Delhi Bashiru was off the pitch. They played the ball through the gap that was left by him uh, being there, and um, and that's where the, the the goal sort of resulted from. And I, I will say once again, it was a classic Wildsmith one to uh, again stood by that near post, leaving just asking uh, for for the, their player to to finish off. In, in the sort of 90% of the goal that was available to him. Uh, and he took the opportunity. I saw Tom Lees come out with some praise from the game. A lot of praise, actually. You know, people said, oh, he was a giant and things like that. Mm. I I just don't agree. I don't know what people were seeing. Do you, do you think there's varying shades of... I mean, you and I remember, as you know, a season when, you know, supporting Wednesday and Lee Grant was our player of the year mm. and it felt a bit like yeah because he's the only one with anything to do <laughs> yeah. yes maybe there's a bit of that but I, I just thought we did we never looked convincing defensively all game mm. we didn't do the set pieces properly like every set piece seemed to linger on and have a life after the initial ball in and that their third goal was kind of classic it was a very tame header yeah, it was just a, it was a very sort of under no challenge and a very easy effort to to take. Just a really disappointing game. Obviously, Brentford, they're one of the best teams in the league. They are they were in bad form before they played us. We we turned that around for them. It's what we do. It's our it's our job in the championship. <laughs> it's uh, it's just give people that little perk up when they're when they're down, they're having a bad day. Here come Wednesday. <laughs> <laughs> to, to turn things around uh but Brentford are you, the expectation is we lose this game so it's hard to go too too much after the team I think it was a weird team selection we didn't give ourselves much of a chance with particularly that front two long ball up to to, to Rhodes has never worked uh I know we're saying we're trying all these things it's interesting that isn't it Rich because I mean it effectively it's not working anywhere no, long ball, long ball directs to whoever the big man up top is just isn't working. 
But isn't your idea with what's the point in playing Kachunga and then not playing balls down the channel for him? I don't really understand what his. I had a good. Uh, I, I had a little like um, bolt from the blue kind of moment of understanding. Um, I was watching. It would have been Brighton against somebody. Crystal Palace. Brighton against Crystal Palace this week, and they talked about how Palace had had basically none of the ball. But they did stick with two strikers on the pitch all the time, and the, the what they were wondering was basically Brighton are a very they're a decent team actually, but they're really bad at converting chances. And the flip side of that is maybe what you do if what what Crystal Palace are doing was well, let's make sure we'll have less chances. We've got less of the building blocks, but when we get chances, we're more likely to finish them off because we've got the personnel on the pitch to do that so I think that's the that's the the reasoning for Jordan Rhodes that I can get along with is we've had those games where the ball's bobbling around in the box and you're like if only there was a goal scorer in there Mm. I don't understand playing Rhodes and and making him a target man I don't think he's got any natural abilities that lead you to think that that's a job for him we're very bad at having a cohesive footballing identity and we're very bad at having a football identity that plays the advantages of what, whoever we're playing up front is. Yeah, yes, definitely. And that's been Rhodes' story at Sheffield Wednesday. Regardless yeah. outside of the separate argument is, is Jordan Rhodes still the player Jordan Rhodes used to be? Yeah, outside of that debate is if we're playing him, we've obviously decided he's good enough for a place in the team. Why mm. aren't we doing what, what he needs to get the best out of him? Mm-hmm. Because you could just take a very simple meat and potato approach to meat and potatoes. Back to potatoes again. Um, <laughs> you, you know, you could take a very simple approach to to this to the game of football and just say, do you know what? Let's hell or high water. We stick, as you said, with Jordan Rhodes. Let's do that. It, the, if he plays, he will get goals eventually. Give him more chances, there should be more goals. So let's play Reach on the left, Harris on the right, cross the ball in, mm. and, and Rhodes plays up top. I would add to that, I think we should have a back th- three that is Hutchinson, mm-hmm. Lees and Werner, or Hutchinson, Lees and Uruguide. Mm-hmm. That would be another sort of requisite of how we play. But but the first thing, in terms of that attacking identity, so what the game is for everybody else is get the ball to those wingers. They will put the ball in the box. And then hopefully Jordan Rhodes will will score headers, score volleys. That's a style of play. If I was watching that and it was working or not working, I'd at least know what we were trying to do. I just don't feel... There's not the excitement of feeling like we're building towards a goal because you don't know what how we get goals. It just happens by accident. <laughs> It's, we, we don't build towards it. We're kind of given chances. Most of our recent goals have been defensive errors that we capitalise on, which I'm mm-hmm. not. I'm not so churlish to t- to turn my nose up at capitalising on those chances. I love it, but um, outside of those freak moments, where, where do goals come from? Yes, that's that's a bit like like not that I'm going to be an advocate for this in my forthcoming um, tatty diet. But it's it's like having a balanced diet, though. That that is part of a that is part of a healthy goal scoring regime. Capitalizing on errors, you know what else is? Things like tap ins and penalties yeah. and set pieces, 
and which are corners, uh, you know, to be converted, but also free kicks that could be attacked. It could be a whole number of issues, you know, like, again, we're lacking a lot of teeth, a lot of, yeah, you know, we're trying to chew this food and we've got, we've got old Chomper at the front. Oh, um, at the front. We haven't got any incisors. We haven't got any molars. <laughs> our, we haven't got any hard gums. We can just smash it with our gums. You know, it's, it's tough. It's really tough. <laughs> so I think disappointing meeting expectations with a kind of, you know, a thudding <laughs> banality. Just it was a really disappointing midweek game after a disappointing weekend game. Uh, so that leads us into the game this weekend, mm-hmm. taking on the Atters um, at their at their own place, and another we've hit shuffle on the on the lineup again and um, come up with some interesting <laughs> new variations. That's maybe a good equivalent of where we're at. Like it's a bad album, and we keep hitting shuffle, hoping that the the track listing will make the difference for us. Exactly. Yes. Exactly. <laughs> No, no, no. This still sounds like Black Country New Road. Um... <laughs> Three in a row, folks. Three in a row. Consistently slagging off Black Country New Roads. Different gravy. <laughs> um, so we had we had Izzy Brown coming in for the first time since September. Mm-hmm. Um, we also had Borna at the back for the first time in a long while. Um, still no Westwood. I don't know how long we're expecting him to be out. With uh, ribs can be can be quite a long time potentially, but he's not a runner, so I don't know whether that means it will be quicker well, or not. But that's also interesting. I mean, it's accelerated by the fact that we just have so many games, right? Like yes. it, it feels yeah. like a sexually long time because we've played so many games because it's all it's all weekend, midweek, weekend well, as weeks, much as possible. It's like a tenth of a season, right? Yeah. Yeah, it is. Yeah, so it is. Yeah, blink of an eye, really. You're you're missing games, and if you're Massimo Luongo, you know, who unfortunately is out <sighs> for even longer than we expected. I don't. Know, goodness sake. Mm. So aside from a a, a wild a wildsmith miss kick very very early on, um, mm. really brightly, incredibly Patterson, so. Yeah, Patterson flicked a ball over the top for Windass that he nearly got onto, but the cup the, the keeper was sort of smartly off his line to to block that. Izzy Brown had an effort uh, from a long throw. And eventually we, we grabbed a goal early doors with that pressing that we sometimes do really well and sometimes just don't bother doing at all. Mm. I thought it was Hutch had played the ball through <laughs> to Patterson. But when we eventually got to see the full goal um, in all its glory, uh, they were showing something else. I think they were showing like the linesman scratching his bum or something when... Uh, when the goal happened the first time round, because they do love showing highlights whilst action is happening on the pitch. Uh, <laughs> but it was it was just Hutch pressing the midfielder into a mistake, and he he basically played a through ball for Patterson, and he he picked out Windus at the near post and one one nil up after six minutes. Yeah, lovely, lovely square back across, and you know Windus uh, converted it between between the keeper's legs, easy as you like. And um, I think that's really interesting to pick up on because maybe that is that is the best thing we have seen from Hutchinson in this game. Yeah, that's maybe the highlight, um, and it and it and it went down a little bit every every minute from then on. Mm-hmm. But we, 
I liked what I liked today. So f- this is to to borrow a cliche. This was the the most classic game of two halves you could possibly imagine. I think mm-hmm. because. I want to praise the good stuff in the first half. It was glowing. Yes. There yes. was lots of it. So let's pretend we, we don't know how it ends. And um, well, I think we should do that because I think we need to give ourselves a little bit of levity for what we're doing and for what yes. anybody who's still here with us is still listening. Exactly. Yeah. We've got to enjoy the good times. And in this case, in the case of the last, whatever, four weeks, the good times were the first 45 minutes against Luton Town. Uh, so mm-hmm. I really liked Berner and Uruguide getting forward and getting involved, involved yes. in the play. Berner had two, almost had a glorious little cameo the sort of 15 16 minute mark where he played a ball through for penny that was really nice and um that was cl- well cleared but from the corner then burner won that won the header like towered above everybody at the back stick uh, yes. but unfortunately, it, he didn't he didn't hit the target and also nobody was able to get on the end of it um but that started off a good spell of pressure where we had five or six corners in short five succession. corners in a row yeah, and it and every one of them felt like it could go in or resulted in extra little moments, didn't it? Mm-hmm. But this, you you know, we we touched on my next note is about Hutch. I, he, if we we had those five corners in a row, um, I think that was also a spell around the sort of twenty thirty minute mark. Hutchinson had given the ball away five turns of possession in a row he he lofted a ball straight out of play to penny and that seemed to start off a run of playing it behind people or too slow to people so it was getting intercepted um and he really really struggled with his passing all day today i know they said the pitch was bobbly but you make the one mistake and then you hit it you do it better the next time don't you like you don't just keep making the same mistake again that's that's maddening for everybody so the 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 40th minute, we had another really close run of little moments. So um, Windass had a shot that was blocked. It was a little bit greedy of him to take the shot on, but Penny managed to then hit one hard and low and on target. Um, and Patterson followed up and hit it over the bar, but unfortunately it was offside anyway, so it didn't, it didn't matter. But I am still I'm still amazed at how, <laughs> how often and... Um, effortlessly Penny hits the target with his shots from everywhere, whether they're volleys, scuffed little things. It, it just always seems to get it on target with pace. He and, can and really often, strike a ball. He really can. Yeah. I kind of want to stop you here, Rich. Can we just kind of go a little bit back in time, a little bit further Please. here? You haven't mentioned the Windass one-on-one on the 21st minute mark. Mm, yeah, how can I forget? How can we have another game in which... It, it, this is very much a Windass trait, isn't it? That he gets a brace, he looks electric in a game, but we still come over it and say, he should have had three or four for this yes. game. Yeah. I mean, that was such a brilliantly, that was a great slip in. Brilliant. What you want, Josh Windass, where you want him to be, who you want him to be, where, in what situation, and had the right idea, but was probably just trying to be just a little bit too clever, I think. Yeah. Being a bit too clever is 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 a bit of a trait for him, isn't it? I think he does sort of overthink. It, it can be, yeah. But yeah, he just kind of tried to lift it into the top corner, but he, yeah, he missed that target. 
do you think that they're like him and Patterson are maybe the opposite way round in that, like the way they're wired in those situations? Because I feel like Windass, most of his goals are when he doesn't have that time to think about it, he'll he'll finish pretty well. And then with Patterson, mm. it's like he's if he's given a little moment to think about it, he tends to do something fairly like he'll flick it over the goalie or he'll he'll sort of suck in a a man or create an angle for himself. I'm just thinking some of the goals he scored recently, Patterson. It's been about having that that little bit of presence of mind and taking your time has been what's served him well. But yeah, with Windass, it seems like the more time you give him, the more likely he is to try and do something too clever and or nothing. You know, just runs into the situation rather than making a decision. So, uh, the next thing I've got really is that is the, is the the second goal. Is there anything else you'd like to sort of feed in for the first half? I just loved. You know, there were there were so many great moments. Um, mm. You know, uh, Izzy Brown just seemed fantastic in that role. Just seemed to really just be carving open that chances. Seems to be creating a lot of space. Um, I've, I've also made a note that now this is almost what I call entertainment four. This must be a record for Wednesday in terms of like the XG stats, the stat which I hate, but maybe. Yeah, we felt dangerous all the way, all the time, didn't we? Really? Yeah, I mean, we looked so dynamic. I, I just, I didn't know who this team was as part of that. I've big focus. I, you've also mentioned, uh, you know, Irahide. I thought he was just incredible. Mm. Um, I loved him challenging I, I think there's one point he challenged for a through ball where he went to go contest it for a header with the keeper yes, you know he yes. wasn't he wasn't going to get there but the attitude that he got to get there kind of yeah i'd love that moment as well actually yeah that was cheap nudged the keeper by going up and challenge for it and then he turned and he just chewed up the ground to get back afterwards yeah and it was just fantastic to see him just doing his uh, go-go gadget legs and getting on that one. And I, I loved his one-two overlap. He did a one-two overlap in, on the on the right wing as well. Yes, yeah. Which was really, really fantastic. Yeah, it, there was just there was so much to like, I'm just going to say. Just I know. Fun. And I, I also just thought, I don't know, like I thought I thought Bernard did a really good job with his man as well, like because he was he just completely bullied him. Like all all of that half, how many times the ball just was would come to that corner of the pitch, and then it would be Berner walking away and and Ince in a heap on the floor, and I don't he hadn't fouled him, he'd just been strong or brushed him off or kind of <laughs> used his backside to get between them or whatever, and it was just yeah, there were just good moments all the all the way around, and it was yeah nice to see those those centre backs pushing on and, and making things happen, being that extra man and uh, adding to the threat and, and making things... It made moves last longer that we had the bodies forward for, for those moments. Corners didn't just end up as a ball going in and then a clearance. It was the, the extended the, the the moments that were difficult, uh, you know, the XG sort of moments um, to use that, that horrible <laughs> statistic. <laughs> exactly, yeah. But maybe also horrible from the fact that we're Sheffield Wednesday and we don't do that. You know, we don't attack the goal mouth. We don't score goals. We don't create clear chances. So mm. a bit of bitterness from my from myself and maybe maybe from yourself as well. But anyway, yes. So Urigide, we mentioned him getting forward and it being useful. He did play his part in the 
in the goal. Um, it was a, a corner that Luton failed to clear and uh, Origide was part of that. So he was starting to head back and then he noticed there was a loose ball and and sort of happened upon it. Yeah, the ball ended up with Patterson there and he laid uh, laid it off for, for Harris. And the former Sandwedge purveyor whips one in. It goes through Tom Lees somehow and lands at the feet of Windass, who to borrow... Uh, a, a phrase from baseball now um, instead of golf absolutely knocks the cover off it as it sails into the <laughs> excellent yeah just what a hit oh man it's um i think it's probably the closest thing from from an open play goal the closest thing we have seen from wednesday nights similar to kevin pressman's penalty against wolves yes it was that sort of if there wasn't a net there it would still be going up it was always thing. rising, yeah. It just looked like a helium balloon on on rockets, basically. It was <laughs> something else, and it was just it was just so casual. I my notes I said casual, controlled, vicious, and yes. you know, and the fact that he stood still afterwards just that was badass. Was fucking badass. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and there's like my second note is this is the Josh Windass I've been hearing about. This is yeah. the player who other teams go. Oh, he's a threat. He's a really good player. We should look out for him today. Yes. Like when he's on form and when he does this, he's incredible. It's just it doesn't happen enough. No, it doesn't. But but then out of our players who, you know, if you're looking at, we're talking about if you play Rhodes, I I feel like the opportunity, the chance of a goal that mm, let's let's go back to XG, the 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 <laughs> the aroma, the the essence of goal is is in the air with Windass in a way that it's not with many of our players. It doesn't happen enough, but he has cha- he misses chances that other people just simply wouldn't have had. This that's why he's so frustrating because it's like this. He's got a lot of those intangible... He's got kind of it, but then it seems to get in his own way in a weird way. But this, Mm. yeah, what a finish and uh, what a cool celebration. Very good, very, you know, very cool all the way around. Um, And closing out, probably the best half of football we've seen this season from Sheffield Wednesday. Just incredible. Just, um, Just so dynamic. The only thing I think we kind of didn't do so well but it's it's very much a Sheffield Wednesday trait and I'm going to kind of I really would have liked to have said you know this is this is sad but it's something we'll look over like mm. there was there was zero control on the game yes the positive of that was you know we got forward and created these chances and just absolutely marauded in their half in the final third you know but for the, a lot of it was very much like you know we're under the cosh again because we're so open it's so kind of back and forth. Nobody's really putting their foot through it. No one's playing it through the middle. A lot of the time, you know, for as good as the defensive, especially for that first half was, we're just welling it forward. We're just clearing it. Just just get it mm. up the pitch. Yeah. So, yeah, I mean, that was... Uh, uh, that was... It, but it was a little like, bit more play. I think things so. Like, things like Burner's through ball, you know, that's... That's us passing it across the back four, their, or back five. Then they're giving us the space to do that, and then us taking that space to the halfway line so that we keep mm. we we keep possession further up the pitch. But yeah, more often than not, it's just going long. It goes to Wildsmith who smacks it as hard as he can. Mm-hmm. Um, 
that's the kind of eventual place where things end up if there's any sort of pressure put on us by the opposition. Maybe that's the precursor for the second half. Well, the, my 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 moment of caution at half time. <laughs> once again, I can I've got timestamps. Um, I did text my sister at half time to say we will get tired. We put a lot of effort into that first half. There was a lot of people blowing at half time, and I think to to talk about him again, Hutch was knackered by about 25 30 minutes he really looked he slowed down visibly and was puffing um and i do think i think that started to tell it's worrying that we don't have the effort to hold that up for i think professional athletes should be able to play it go hard for an hour i i think that's probably not too much of an expectation Mm -hmm. but it uh, yeah, my first note of the second half is second half. What's that? Says every Wednesday player, <laughs> because it was instantaneous. They they made their three they made three subs at halftime, didn't they? And that, those those were the only subs that they made for the the whole game. Right. Um, who, did they, who did they bring on? They brought on uh, Chris Ria, no Glenn Ria, and Panzu, Pelly Ruddock and Panzu, and Harry Cornick, who sounds like he should have a. Uh, a, a sort of residency in Vegas where he sings show tunes, not quite as good as uh, <laughs> as Michael Bublé, Harry Cornick. Uh, so at least I I really want to be kind of vilified for one very very small thing, which is we were watching the game and I was texting texting you, Rich, <laughs> and I said, I want to be vilified. <laughs> really really want to be kind of proven. On this one, if, if I'm using the right words here, maybe I'm not. Maybe I'm not. Maybe I'm right. Maybe I'm not wrong. Who knows? Everyone knows I'm wrong. Anyway, <laughs> I was like, "Is that is that the much wank Tom Ince for Luton?" <laughs> I still maintain. So this right, okay. So you've done this. I didn't do this to you on the podcast, Luke. I did uh... throw you under the bus for Stoke, but Luke, uh, whilst we were watching the Stoke game, text me to slag off Stephen Fletcher. And then, lo and behold, Stephen Fletcher scores the goal. And then today, during the match, he starts to slag off Tom Ince. And I'm saying, you know, wait till the 90th minute. I, 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 I do a turn to, uh, you know, when we're at a match, my sister, I, I will say, she will say to me, or I will say to her, I've got something to say at 90 minutes. And what that generally means is we have a comment about the opposition, an opposition player. But what we don't want to do is kind of... Put the mockers on it. Bring Put the mockers on it. Bring down the, mm-hmm. the you know, the uh, it's not the gods of schadenfreude, but the, the you know, feel that weight of, ah, uh, shouldn't have said that. But you're right. This game, um, he went off were you slagging him off at half time or was it during the first? First half, half first half. Because I saw Ince yeah. and I'm like, is that Tom Ince? Yes. I, I don't know how far he's he's drifted down, like his championship career. Yeah, this is he's he's drifted down this far. He he's he's always been rubbish. He was more rubbish than normal today. So I absolutely <laughs> agree with you. He's he's made a whole career on like. Oh, but what if? Yes, a very, very <laughs> one of these guys. A very early promise. He was yes. good at one point in time, but it's, he's been was he? He's been devastatingly poor for a good five, six years now. It feels like a long time. I'm staggered. He's still, still drawing, still getting a footballer's wedge somewhere, even at Luton. But it's a. Th- he's only twenty nine, you know. 
I know, but that's the thing. You get players who come through at such a young age that they're like, he's still playing football because it's 10 years later because he's come through at a young age. So, you know, he's still part of his footballing career. Yeah. I love the interchange that you said, shh, I think he's underrated. And I said, he's shh, T. <laughs> I miss no, the old scoreboard. I miss the old scoreboard. Oh, me too. Mm. The good old days. Uncle Dave. You know, times. you know, the, the big thing that kind of, and we're going to go, we're going to play at clubs like Luton Town next year in League One. You know, we're going to play at like clubs like this, where I was looking at that stadium in the first half as a kind of pithy aside kind of comment. I was like, what is going on with the geometry of that ground? It is, <laughs> it is, it is, it is, it is, it is shit, but it is charming. I must mm. say a charmingly shit ground that they have. <laughs> I'm like, what in the did they did they manage to somehow get um, a young MC Escher as a as a student to design a stadium or something like what what is going on? Oh, uh, that's that's a new album I do like the MC Escher album, very very good. <laughs> his, his esoteric beats. Sorry, that's such a bad joke. Um, oh. But like, I, I think the interesting thing with this is the real humbling thing of going away and being beaten by a team like Luton Town, who very much have a series of kind of well-drilled, hard-working players who, you know, are professional football players and do have skill sets, like yes. can humble you and embarrass you. Like, but then you, you kind of look around and you kind, you kind of look around the stadium and you think this is a football club that's very much tied to its community. You know, from mm. its from its poxy halftime promotion. That was, that was something else that that advert. That is fantastic, isn't it? I'm like, I don't know what you do as a as a business. I feel uh, like I'm talking to some kind of guy Ritchie character. We're JB Developments, which is part of JB House Helping, which is part of the group that does um, other things to do with your ass. We take things off the van into your pocket, Kushti. Don't worry, I've got a Land Rover. <laughs> I, but but yeah, so it, it's all these clubs that have like such a great tie to their community and the yeah. real life and soul and blood of a community and tie with the fan base and engage and do things well and do things right. You know, might have a little old, little old humble me, you know, little old humble Luton you know, in the championship doing like <laughs> doing this, but they're doing it right, which is the most damning thing in comparison to Sheffield Wednesday. Isn't that, that, that is an interesting point. Cause I, I, one, I was also thinking they had loads of more than I've seen anywhere else of the cardboard fans in the crowd. Yeah. Um, I also found it very jarring seeing actual real people like when the, because you know they had people at the ground staff, like ball boys or people working at yes. the, in some aspects, like having a cup of tea, you know, like in front of cardboard cutouts of other people. <laughs> it's very jarring. I find it very jarring. But that I, I was th- what I was thinking though is you know how Wednesday dealt with that. Oh, we chuck them up for the first few months, and then do you want this or or should we throw it out? Come and get it if you want it. But we'll throw it out. 
and it speaks to the weird relationship. You know, we joked about Onky Dave and um, the, the time of Dave Allen being the chairman. But when I, you know, when I've, when I was first getting really kind of emotionally engaged with with Wednesday Beyond, just kind of watching matches it was your relationship to the club or my relationship to the club was there's almost a thing I'm, I'm helping out, you know, like buying a shirt, maybe it's yes, overpriced, yes, but, but yes. I'm helping out and I'm making a contribution. Um, you remember the, the wristbands that the, the, the sort of, some people had them for charities, but we had, I, you know, we had one for Sheffield Wednesday, you know, those sort of things you're like, Oh, apparently they've sold like, 20,000 of these that's 150 each you know like, oh, no, those sort of things you're like this is all helping this is a project we're all pulling together we're all part of this mm. and this it's so strange now to be well one where it would be weird anyway we're cut off from the club we can't we've talked about how we're not experiencing the good bit the nice bit of being a football fan at this point in time anyway mm. but to have a chairman that has actually said the words the fans pay for nothing you know nothing what the fans contribute does nothing yes it's i know a strange place to be in and and that you know having those cardboard cutouts up that's a revenue stream and i know I, I, know, I, know. I know it's nothing in the grand scheme of things but like every drop in the ocean is is a drop in the ocean it's not nothing and you just sort of think we what if what if we did have a north stand full of people paying 15 quid for or 20 quid for for that it's i know it's not match day revenue but it, it's at least one day de- one games match day revenue more than we would have had i know i i feel there's i feel a couple of things i mean overall with the arching thing that you know i'm pretty confident that we're gonna we're going down to league one especially mm. you know it, it felt pretty clear last week but it, it feels even clearer now you know that we can see six goals in two games yeah. Um, and have two losses. You know, the interesting thing was prior to going to this, especially with the, the layout of this, the one thing I was going to say to you, we haven't drawn a game under Neil Thompson. Right, yes. Because the last draw was with Blackburn. Was that the last Was that the last game of Pulis's reign, drawing with Blackburn? It would have been. I'm just, um... Two overarching things. The sad thing of all this is, you know, we're going down, there's no great fight. Um... Uh, I can probably make this analogy, which is incredibly sad, incredibly heartbreaking, because I've lived a year last year where I was in a different country and my mum died and I didn't get to go to a funeral. Yeah. And I didn't get the chance to be there to, you know, be there for the final moments of her life. You know, so it it feels similar to that in a weird way. It feels like, you know, (laughs) Wednesday are dying. We don't get to we don't get to visit during this time. So a lot of kind of analogies during this kind of period. The second thing I think I kind of want to say is like another kind of really bad analogy. Though this one's a bit less emotionally attached, so it can be quite piffy, is I feel like Chan Siri, he's putting on a potluck, but then he's telling us beforehand that he doesn't really want us to bring any food for it. <laughs> but then secretly after he does that, he's like, why aren't they bringing food? Why aren't they bringing the food? Oh, we yes. tell- Oh, no, he, he tells them that the food we're making is shit, but he doesn't want to eat it. That's more like it, isn't it? It's insulting. Yeah. Oh, but you're not. What you're doing is not worth anything. You can make it. You can make a potato salad. But I don't <laughs> want exactly it. On my I don't want table. My fucking table. You can bring it if you want. 
I know that you love making that cob salad, you disgusting wretch. But if you want, if you want to turn up with that in your Tupperware, fine. Don't expect me to be happy about it. I've made chicken cordon bleu that I've not cooked properly. It's fancy, like you wanted, but inedible. Now it's two o'clock and I'm hungry. <laughs> Uh, shall we shall we get into the sad <laughs> unraveling of the best half of football to maybe the worst half of football of the of the season thus far? It was the best of halves, it was the worst of halves. <laughs> it was looting away. Mm. <laughs> so 50th minute, one of these little things that again I know it's confirmation bias, but my heart always sinks when we give away a corner when we didn't need to. I feel like we get punished for it so often. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And I feel like the the XG in that situation goes through the roof when it's a corner you didn't have to give away. And Patterson, it was a weird freak moment. So the, the cross bounces off Pat, the side of Patterson's head. Looks like it's going out and, um, and then Penza moves out of the way to sort of let it roll out of play. It spins back at him so that him and Patterson sort of tussle for it. And Patterson flicks the ball. He's trying to flick it out for a throw-in. It doesn't go for a throw-in. It bounces off the corner flag and then goes out for a corner. And immediately my hackles are up because this is perfect. Didn't need to be a corner. We're going to get punished for it territory. And unfortunately, uh, that's exactly what happened. The corner went to the near post. Their massive centre-back, Naismith, Found found some level of uh, of quality in his left peg and sort of guided this whipped in ball into the far far uh, side of the goal, uh, completely unencumbered by any attention from a Sheffield Wednesday player. Mm. It turns out it was, he was Hutchinson's man. He'd lost Hutchinson in the heap, and, and and Hutchinson was sort of down, holding his knee. We didn't ever see why that happened, as far as I remember. I don't know if you picked anything up. He was just pushed over. Right. Like, that seemed to just be the situation. It seemed to be there was one moment. I don't know the exact, you know, JFKness of it. One one moment he was <laughs> vertical. One moment he was horizontal. Mm. You know, you're suggesting yeah. there was a second Naismith. <laughs> <laughs> no, I posing, also... posing as a cardboard cutout that that shot, uh, shot shot Hutchinson in his bad knee. I also want to say that since he got down on the floor, he got horizontal very quickly. The slag. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, it's fun to slut shame Sam Hutchinson. Exactly. (laughs) It just, it looked like he got embarrassed by his man and sort of took the easy way out to me. Um, Patterson. Yeah. Saw him come round and tried to react, but he was he was sort of three feet away. <laughs> the other Damn. thing is we didn't have anybody on the far post, mm. so the the ball went into a completely empty net. Uh, so yeah, frustrating. Immediately were panic stations. This wonderful first half is is already shaking. Yep, fifty eighth um, minute. It didn't take long for the next. How, one. Sorry, go on. I just want to kind of also focus on this as. Sam Hutchinson coquettishly had his legs up in the air. The little, little whore. There he is. In his Cuban heels. 
like, like did we like w- this is a hallmark of Wednesday right now as well. Every time we concede, we're appealing for something weak as oh, no. Every time is like, oh, did you like was there one of them? Like was it one today or was it the previous game? I think it might have maybe it might have been the game against Brentford. You have to fill me in here. One of them, Wildsmith was pointing to his arm. Yeah. As though he was like, you know, as I was looking, acknowledging, like, yes, Joe, that's those are things you should use to stop the ball from going in the net, lad. <laughs> that's what they meant about the armies. Use your armies to save the ball, eh? Oh. <laughs> I'll try better next time. Uh, <laughs> I've just I've just seen the the very disheartening statement from <laughs> From Thompson after the match. The second half, we just sacked off the game. (laughs) (laughs) Half time, we sat down, we thought, that's it, lads. Sack it off second half. Go home. Oh, dear. They're all all dots in school, aren't they? That's it. It's like a a bloody Enid Enid Blyton book in the second half, isn't it? (laughs) They all went off to Dorset with... uh, with Timmy, whatever it is. Slightly less Chinaman references <laughs> than you're typically in Blyton. <laughs> exactly, exactly. <laughs> so before, we didn't even make the hour mark before we'd completely capitulated. I just, I don't know what happened. I didn't, uh, I haven't poured over this one to kind of point all of the fingers that need to be pointed, but the ball goes up to Patterson. It looked like it was going to be fairly easy to control, but he kind of, he trapped it really badly and it went, it ended up about nine feet away from him, but that was in their half. So a lot of meters and time passed before the ball got to our box. Um, They played the ball forward into the channel for uh, Adebayo, and mm. he just had the freedom of uh, of the city. He um, he had a lot of room there. It took a long, long time for Tom Lees to get over to to do anything like pressure him. And uh, by that time, he'd he picked out a ball, uh, a cutback to the the penalty spot, and Tunnicliffe was absolutely free from any pressure or mm. you know completely unmarked, and had the chance to you know, have a cup of tea, have a sit down, um, put one of those little handkerchief hats on and uh, and then get off his deck chair to, to to put the ball wherever he liked in the goal. Dreadful defending. Really, yes. really yeah. The first one, the one I think hurt the most for me because it just felt so needless. But mm. there was some pretty bad defending for that second one as well. Um, no, the Adebayo, sorry, just... Uh, whilst we're talking about him it was almost like <laughs> the first half we dealt with him brilliantly and in particular I thought Origide had done really well with him but there was a couple of times where Tom Lees did all right with him as well and it was almost like somebody went to Tom Lees who's you know famously got a shellfish allergy and he was he was midway through some sort of <coughs> Mary Rose sauce uh, doused prawn cocktail and they're like tom aren't you allergic to big athletic defenders <laughs> and then he realized at half time he was and suddenly his eyes are swollen up and he can't see anything the blood is rushing in his ears was, um, you know the really surprising thing for me was like you said oh they made you know they made three substitutions at half time 
Mm. So I was there thinking, I mean, the Panzu had a big effect on the game. Yes, he did. But I was like, I I could not have told you. I I thought that uh, Adebayo didn't play the first half. Because mm. it, it looked, yeah, it looked like a completely new player. Yeah. I also think I do want to say, to, to kind of give some kudos, I think he's a he's a pretty good player. Oh, there are lots to like. Lots, lots to like. like. And I've just seen that they signed him in the January transfer window from Walsall. Yes. Wouldn't it be nice if we signed a player like that? <laughs> uh, we got green, Luke. Uh, I don't... <laughs> I mean, we're drinking <laughs> in that sweet, sweet Andre Green juice every day. They're probably... Luton are probably like, oh, if only we had... Andre Green. And then we we contact as part of our recruitment drive, we contacted JJB Developments <laughs> and they managed to get us Hutchinson off the back of a back of a lorry. <laughs> well you're wanting a new a new striker. <laughs> new stri- well, I don't have any new strikers. What I've got is a knockoff midfielder cam defender. <laughs> bit shop worn, bit shop worn. I will be I will be truthful with you. <laughs> He's the you know needs the, the the legs hanging off and stuff, but we'll do a job, you know? And I think in this position, you want something that will do a job. <laughs> That's my uh, Paxau impression, by the way. That's what I imagine he talks like when he speaks to. Just like him. Just like him. <laughs> on, their, on their long, lustrous Super Bowls. This, this is hilarious, because, I mean, the Wednesday fans have brilliantly, you know, photoshopped in... Chancery of a Del Boy Trotter, but maybe it should be Amadou Paxau we put in there. <laughs> Is there anybody that like sells stuff to Del? You know, because he know he makes all these bad investments. Who's the person he's buying his stuff from? Because that's that's the relationship, isn't it? If if. Mm. Uh... John is is Del Boy, then um, then Paxau is the one selling the exploding sex dolls. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, but um. We didn't. It wasn't without moments. Second half, but it was definitely. It was such a yeah. I actually a bit before they they equalised. I think the fifty third minute. I I made a note. I I really enjoyed seeing Brown had one where he had the ball played into him in his own yes his own half, and he just kind of took a few small touches, took two of their players out the game, and then from nowhere just boosted forward with the ball. Yeah, no, that was nice to see, and 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 I thought this, and then again at sixty-six minute mark, um, Origide made a really good sharp interception, brought the ball forward from that position, and played it into Brown. Brown found Penny out wide. wasn't the best ball from Brown, but um, it meant we kept possession. Penny instead of putting the ball in, waited for Bannon, and Bannon picked out Patterson on the far post. And I thought Patterson really should have done much better with that. It's the sort of thing that he does tend to gobble up those sort of opportunities and it was a sort of underpowered effort. Um, He maybe should have done better, but I wonder if the decision then from the bench was that he looked tired in that effort Mm. because he he went off shortly thereafter. I'm wondering, uh, you know, in this world of uh, the hilarious blades analytics, who's managed to, you know, be a, a Twitter football analyst who's got, you know, got work at a championship club, I think, hasn't it? There's like, there's this, we're in this now age that basically the people on Twitter who are the football analysts, you know, get, get hoisted up. I think I could probably do, I'm I'm not that much of a great thinker, Rich, but I I think I'm really going to stretch my Edward de Bono 
mentality for this. And also, I'm going to get one of those Steve Jobs turtlenecks. I'm going to go to Luton Town and offer them a really interesting proposal. Put the camera on the other side of the pitch. <laughs> what in what in the lens flare was going on? I felt like I was playing Zelda. Like that's also the thing for the second half. I can't tell you what we did in like because typically we'd be, <laughs> we'd be yeah. in, we'd be on the left flank in the corner, and I can't see any of it. No, no, it was it was really annoying. Fucking garbage. <laughs> Oh, we made some subs though, Luke, didn't we? We made you saw that that happened. We we like them subs. Well, Thompson Patterson, likes Thompson likes us. Yeah. We don't like what Thompson <laughs> thinks of subs. <laughs> I did we need any of the subs that we made today? <laughs> Richard and I are working at Subway, and Neil Thompson comes in, and uh, we say, "Do you want like an Italian BMT? Do you want a meatball marinara?" He's like, no, I just want want you to just daub some shit on a six-inch. Do you want it toasted? Oh, of course I'll have it toasted, yeah. It really brings out the nuttiness. (laughs) 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 Oh, dear. So Patterson goes off, and Penny went off again. I don't... No, no, I know. Well, the thing I thought was funny was like I thought Penny was doing well, apart from like especially. I mean, I, I don't know. The interesting thing is, so Adebayo, uh, Flashgore is not really helping me. This Flashgore seems to think he's a defender. He might have been a defender who's converted to a striker, but he is a striker, right? Yeah. But then yeah, he was yeah. he was also having so much joy on that left flank, which I think we were. I think you know those. There was a big focus on teams having joy with the flank. The only thing I thought we could have done maybe is, I don't know, maybe we could have gone for a 4-4-2 or, or gone for more of a 5-3-1, 5-3-2. Yeah. Maybe to try and kind of, because they kept exploiting us on our right, on their left. But then, so in a weird way, I was like, well, we are losing that battle. But the element of doing that is not taking Penny off. It was doing so well going forward and that is so much positive to this game. And replacing him with Adam Reach. That is not that is not a legitimate oh, answer to what no. you want to do here. But it's it's all just desperate times, isn't it? It's all it's it's the, the times are so desperate that we're even resorting to playing Izzy Brown, which the beginning of this game I wasn't optimistic for seeing Brown. Brown did very, very, very well. Yeah, and that's a point of discussion. Do you think Brown do you think he's back, back, back now? Or do you think <laughs> Um, do you think this was the best game we'll ever get out of him because he had a point to prove against Luton? I don't know. I think we're we're well worth that. Could well be the case, but we're well worth playing him another game at least. I think so too. I, I, I by and large, I really yeah. thought he was well. Because then, but that's the thing is basically the interesting thing is we're playing free in the middle of the park. It never works defensively for us. We've now got a fascination with playing Hutchinson in the middle of the park, which. We are, me and you are not fans of. No. I don't think it's, I personally don't think it's working. I don't know why. The hilarity that, you know, he, he seemed to, from what we were told, sign this contract that had a big kind of playing incentive. But I don't know if, yeah, we just seem to just play him every week anyway, every game. Yeah. He, um, sorry, yeah, the point, the point I wanted to make, sorry, Richard. Oh, sorry. sorry, I do apologize. We're doing free in the middle park, which you think should have some defensive steel. You think it should have a little bit of everything, hopefully, within the personnel, 
to do everything you want the midfield to do. To defend the game, to control the game through the middle and create opportunities to go forward. But we, yeah. keep, we keep trying that. And sometimes we have two defensive figures even playing Hutchinson and Pelopesi. And it never works. It never has a control or hold on the game. So in that case, like, I don't know, desperate rolls of the dice, we may as well play more attacking players in the middle of the park. Well, I, yeah, I think the thing is, Bannon, if Bannon is the heart, is the attacking one of the, th- meant to be the attacking one of the three. So if we have him with two defensive players, he's too easy to mark out of the game. Because ba- Bannon's response to pressure and pressing is to find space. And generally where he finds the space is deeper and deeper in the field. So that's why him and Hutchinson don't work together, is that Hutch mm. wants Hutch is the same. Hutch, do, Hutch does not like presser, pressure when he's on the ball. He wants time and space. He wants to look up and have a, you know, have a fag and then play his pass. So, so he wants to drop all the way deep. Ends up being almost being an extra centre back. And if Bannon's trying to do the same, they're fighting for this same little pocket of space, and and it drags the whole team back. And then there's no link to between. Uh, what, who people who are trying to attack and the and the defense? There's no midfield because the, they're all defending. So Brown is, is is sort of the only natural player for that position, really, in the squad. Maybe maybe Hunt could play it. I don't know, but uh, um, but it actually takes a bit of tactical discipline to stay there and not get dragged back into the fight with everybody else. Mm. So slightly adrift from the fray means you're an option for a pass, and it means you can turn attack into defence. It means you can take those two or three touches and get and break into space. So, yeah, I thought it was promising and I'd like to see I'd like to see more of it. You'd hope with Hutch or Pelopesi with a dedicated job of just purely defending in that midfield, which is what they're both there to do when they play, you should, you should be able to have the luxury of, as long as he's active and doesn't sort of salt, the luxury of a player like Brown who's mainly dedicated to, to attacking... Um, and yeah, I thought he put in, put in a good shout for being allowed to do it again in the future, mm-hmm. as long as as long as this this isn't, as I say, a kind of "I'll show you Luton Town." <laughs> Send me back early, will you? I'll shit in your hatters. <laughs> yeah. So wow. Jack Mar- Back, Luke. Are you really excited for that as well? Seems you um, like people coming back. Apparently, I can't. I can't muster the energy to be sarcastic. No. <laughs> but what a performance! Again, he was against the next club as well. We really saw that. Yeah, that, that was interesting. On the so I had that on the commentary. Like uh, Rob O'Neill said, you know, he's got a lot of goal salute, and I was like, did he? I forgot that he. I I didn't know his. his I I only ever think of him as Peterborough. Derby. I don't know that he did play for them now because I've said that. He did. Because of... He did. He did. Yeah. Not according to who scored, but uh, let's... yes, fifteen, sixteen, and sixteen, seventeen season. Um, he scored twenty-two goals in about oh, yeah. eight, eighty games. Eighty games. Yeah. yeah. Well, there we go, and we really saw it. He was out to show his old employers what they were missing out on. Essentially, it's a man with. Quite a bit of hair on his head, and a beard. I, I don't know whether we actually signed Jack Marriott or whether I, I don't know if we just signed. It could well be just that we just signed Jack Marriott. Is that bad? He looks like a YouTuber. 
Yeah, like he should be accidentally saying offensive things to keep his followers interested. Mm-hmm. His numbers up. I was saying the N word jokingly. It's ironic. <laughs> exactly. Yeah, I did it by I accident. I was surprised. <laughs> and then the final sub of all the pointless subs, uh, Dunkley came on for Burner. I didn't. I, again, I didn't see. Maybe Burner. It's a long time since Burner's played a match. Maybe Burner was fading. But again, this is a sub that means we swap every single person's position in the defence. Tom Lees goes from the middle to the to the right. Dunkley goes into the middle, and Uruguide gets shifted from the right over to the left. I thought it was just pure set piece de- desperation, being that like Dunkley's better in the slightly better in the air. Bring him on. That's that's the only thing I can read it as because I, unless you want to just give some minutes to just keep Dunkley active, yeah, maybe, maybe there's a view that Thompson wants to bring Dunkley in for the next game. I don't know. Mind you, it's not a great deal of time, is it? Really. No, he is again. He looked like a bomb scare, though. Like last time he came on from the bench, he looked awful and way off yeah. the pace. He looked miles off the pace. Mm-hmm. Threw himself into a tackle, completely left us open. Just yeah, he he really did. It, well, he wasn't on the pitch for long, but he it was quite the cameo for a centre back. And just to kind of oh, we brought on these subs. We're going to affect the game positively. Well. Uh, several of the subs popped up in giving them the third goal. Jordan Rhodes inexplicably passed the ball to Impenza in the middle of the pitch. He mm. had two or three options, and what he did was roll it to the nearest Luton player and um, and then sort of huff and sigh. He didn't go chasing after the ball. He just let Impenza sort of wander forward from that position. So Impenza moves the ball forward. Moves the ball out wide. Reach missed an interception. It was the ball was like literally rolls under his foot, uh, and the ball gets crossed in. And there are two Luton. There was uh, there was more Luton players than Wednesday players in the box anyway. But at the far post, there are two unmarked Luton players just waiting to score their header. Mm-hmm. Uh, Tom Lee's was holding hands with Wild Smith in the middle. I don't understand what happened, but this is the sort of thing that happens when you move all of your defenders around in the 80-whatever minute. Because mm. Tommy should have been marking one of those two men as the centre of that midfield, uh, centre of that defence. Urigide would have been marking one of the two of them because Urigide had a really good game on the right. And I don't know what, where Dunkley was in it, but they were all, basically, they were, no, they were nowhere to be seen. No, not, not <laughs> Had no impact on it. And it was nodded down at the near post. So Wildsmith will have had his nightmare lived out because he got beat at that near post, which he's so keen to to, to mark at all times. And really, the team's outdone themselves. Yeah. Um, they keep finding new and intriguing ways to lose the game of football. <laughs> Is there anything more to say, really, on the, on the, on the match? I guess uh, just overall, just a kind of overall point from me. Actually, before we get there, what was what was all the stuff with the goal net in stoppage time? I think it just got broke because Wildsmith fell into it, didn't he? Right. So who who is instigating that we need to look at the goal net at this point? Because like it's like this, it is a weird safety thing. We have had get we have had games held up by it before. Uh, yeah, it's a weird. Because I'm like, is this serious? Is this something we seriously to look at, or is it just gamesmanship? No, I think it, it's like a referee protocol-y 
fourth official type thing. But then probably it's in place so that a ball doesn't hit somebody in the crowd or something like that's unexpectedly, which um, they're not there. They are. They were made of cardboard. <laughs> so although the the build-up was different to other losses, there's a few uh, threads that we always seem to include in the uh, in the mix. Um, mm. So every sub was bad. Every sub made us worse than the sub before. Almost every sub made a mistake. Oh, no, every sub made mistakes that let Luton off or gave them the ball, gave them chances to score. Every shot they had went in. Yep. So, yep. Um, again, we don't have a goalkeeper that helps in any way, really. No. Bob Smith, they passed the ball. Luckily, it went to... to Hutchinson, but the first thing he done he did today could have been a a, a pass to their player unchallenged in the in the middle of our um, half. So and from from and from there he didn't do anything particularly helpful afterwards. Very very frustrating, uh, heartbreaking really to be as high as we were at half time, doing as well as we were at half time, and to end the game in such a disappointing fashion. Yeah, um, I. Didn't have any expectations going into this one. But it was and such a good first half. We were at it. From I know. The I know. And it doesn't seem to matter. We don't have the quality to, to sustain two halves of, of decent football. It, it is a classic again. I mean, the, this halftime thing, and we joke about it. We joke about the oranges. But clearly, that you know, Luton have had a rocket. They've changed things around, and we've we've been told, "Well done, lads. You're doing great." We we how we keep getting surprised by the fact that opposition teams can improve, can make changes, tactical and personnel wise. Mm-hmm. It catches us out constantly. I don't know. I don't know. I just don't know what the what the best thing we we talked about Thompson. Whether Thompson's, I don't blame Thompson. I don't think it's a job that he particularly is excited for. Presumably, given that he's had the job a couple of times previously and didn't have it this time, presumably uh, Bullen didn't want to be assistant again. It's a thankless task. <laughs> but uh, I just don't... Do we need somebody to come in just to just to have a bit of a plan, a bit of a thought about things and less of a panic? The worst thing that seems to have happened to us was these five subs because it feels he has to make more than three subs every single game. <laughs> to justify the fact that we've voted for this rule change. Anything else? No, I don't know. It's um, any, um do we is there any point making a roll in the dice regarding a new manager coming in? Is there any point to that? Like it genuinely feels like maybe like you know Mr. Chancery might just think that he's just going to waste some more money. I know. I don't I am um, I do I must admit I go back and forth because we know that Thompson's well liked. We know that this is a bad squad of players, you know, three being this this poor under three managers, this is no longer a good squad held back by a bad manager. They are just rotten to the core um, and there's no depth, there's no consistency. So who, whoever's in charge is going to have to deal with an awful lot. It's just that when you're on a run like this, you're looking and saying, well, something needs to change. And one thing that we can change is who's in charge. We can't change very much else. We've only got one goalkeeper. Who's fit? Yeah. Yeah, I know. We've basically got the midfield that we play, mm-hmm. three. Mm-hmm. <laughs> 
if we play three at the back, that's every player that we've got that can play in the back. You know, it's just almost every position. That's all we've got. So what can't change is the, is the personnel on the pitch very much. Yeah. Um, so it's just looking at is that what can change? Is there anything that can change? Is it worth changing? Those are the those are the questions, aren't they? Any so do we want to do some honourable mentions and 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 maybe a, a and a villain of the piece sort of exercise? Yeah, I uh, so honourable mentions. I think we can probably share this three ways. Okay. I, I want to say Arahide Brown and Windas. That's fair. I think that's fair. I think all three of them had brilliant moments in that first half. And I think it's, I feel it's unfair to kind of, I don't, the difficult thing was I thought the defense was so good for most of us. So I know I have this weird thing, especially like doing this podcast is looking at individual players. And I feel like individually, sometimes it's quite good, even though we concede and ship goals. It's, you know, it does seem to be a, you know, a more holistic problem. Yeah. So, though, I, I don't know why there's not more clamor because he's another one that's out of contract, isn't he? I know, I know, but we we seem to have picked our narratives in some weird way. You know, like I mean, he's a much he's a much better prospect than Shaw is at this point. I I could probably say as much. Yeah. I mean, I. But I mean, I guess Wednesday, like historically, academy wise, we've had a lot of juice from the rear guard, right? Yeah. Defense yeah. So it's and then, further up the field is more exciting. Yeah. So it, it is it is quite a revelation if we have a player who can do well at the top of the pitch. You know, it seems to have been formerly wasn't hundred percent ours, I guess. But he's one and then obviously you go back to the days of Richard Wood, Mark Beavers and Tommy mm-hmm. Spur, right? Yeah. Three left-sided centre-backs. Exactly. I just think Urugide, he's comfortable on the ball. He's obviously an absolute unit. You know, he's a he's a great athlete. Mm-hmm. And at the, maybe just at the moment, but he plays with a kind of passion and a, he wants, to, he's desperate to get the ball. He's desperate to get, you know, nipping in, in front of the, the, the striker. And I think he's rarely let us down I, I know i know he didn't have a great game against stoke but i you're talking about a guy that plays right back or center back and playing in the left side of center back is a bit unfair you know as the young player maybe he's lost out due to seniority but he's also got less experience than anybody else of playing those positions so it's a bit it's harsh that he gets the hardest job just because he's the youngest player that almost feels the wrong way around for it to work but yeah I just I'd like to see a bit more talk about him keeping his position because I think he'd be a really good player for us regardless of division and he can play he can play centre back he can play right back those are good things to have covered I think Mm -hmm. Um, anyway uh, what about what about villain of the piece, or or is it too hard to pick just one? Hutchinson. Yeah, he was. I, I don't. I I don't know why we still keep picking him in that position. He's clearly lacking legs. We're asking a lot of him, despite the fact that you know there's so many players haven't had decent pre seasons this this season, and then we're having this schedule, which is the schedule is barbaric. I must it say. Is. Like, I I really don't know, especially in these times when we've had COVID outbreaks with numerous football clubs, 
you know, me and me and my two eldest brothers, my nephew and my dad, we do a prediction league game where, you know, effectively we pick teams. I'm really sad to say that I picked Luton today. Right. And, but as part of this, there are so many games that we still haven't got around to playing and seeing the result of because for whatever reason, you have winters in the UK, which sound like it had a bit of a bad one. You know, I'll genuinely have a little bit of sympathy, despite the fact that, you know, we had a polar vortex here in North America. <laughs> and, but there's that, there's COVID outbreaks for not just your team, it could be the other team. So then you're yeah. waiting around to get the next game on. The fascination with playing full, a full season is barbaric. I don't know why maybe they didn't just look at doing a half season. Greed. Greed, greed. It's greed, greed. It's all the TV contracts, right? Yeah. But then in that case, then it's like, well, why can't we just, why can't we just forego international football? Mind you, that's, that's kind Have of I mentioned my old pal greed, Luke. Greed, greed. Because <laughs> they've got sponsors and TV deals as well. I know, I know. So it's... Why it's, does every semi, semi-final have to get played at Wembley even though it destroys how special Wembley is uh greed 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 the, the football is a game of greed it's being ruined by it it will die because of the greed eventually but they will they will pick every little tiny bit of flesh from the bones before they get to that point mm-hmm so anyway, there's no like barbaric season, like no preseason, not even a great deal of games he had for Pathos. 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 Like, why are we continually playing him in a position? Why are we doing that? Why are we? Why are we doing that? Do you know what his two best moments today were, Luke? Do you know what Hutchinson's best two moments were today? I don't know. No. Made two really good crunching tackles today. But oh, right. both of them were immediately after he passed the ball to the person that he tackled. It was almost like a training exercise. <laughs> it was laughable. <sighs> anyway, there we go. That's another week gone. <laughs> yeah. I think as well, I think I want to say T- Thompson is my villain of the piece. I know we would, we'd, given up, we'd given up our lead already by the time the subs started, but I think the subs made the made the third goal inevitable. I think they were awful subs. And um, from that point, the best thing that could happen, when Marriott came on the pitch, the best possible outcome for Wednesday at that point was a 2-2. Yep. Um, yep. It, it was just waiting for them to get their, their third goal at that stage because what we had on the pitch was not a team. And there, was so, there were so many people on there for minutes or to make an appearance or whatever that's just not i know he said there's like whatever there's a third of the season left or something we don't have time to get jack marriott fit i know i know it's not our job either no no hand him back to derby knackered i don't care i don't want what a waste of space and time (laughs) to put him on the football pitch today was yeah, awful. <laughs> so anyway, let's let's end on a slightly brighter note. <laughs> we we have uh, we have a st- an ostensibly winnable game coming up uh, mm-hmm. midweek. That's something positive to look forward to. Um, and I think we just want to say thank you so much to uh, Novelty Island and PW Owl for um, adding lovely reviews on iTunes. Uh, thank you so much. Uh, a really nice boost. 
and a, t- a time when Lord knows we need a boost uh, to uh, to enthusiasm. So thank you so much for that. And um, Luke, did you want to give the the email address out, or do you want me to do that? Could you please do that, Rich? That'd be great. Yeah. So we just thought if you if you did want to get in touch with us at all, and uh, uh, or, or share any thoughts, um, obviously we are on. On, on social media uh, well we're on Twitter that's the only one we're on uh, but there are, we've got an email address which is differentgravypod at gmail.com um, so do feel free to, to send things through and, and maybe you know if you've got questions or things that you you might be intrigued to, to hear our thoughts on certain things um, that might be a fun thing to do at some point and then on, on Twitter we are gravy underscore pod so yeah uh, thank you so much for for you being lovely people uh Sheffield Wednesday don't deserve such niceties but uh we're really thankful for them and um have a have a have a good week have a pleasant week and uh we're, we'll meet again on the other side thanks very much have a good one everyone see you Thank you.